Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Let's jump into the Word of God. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 29 to 37. Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 29. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. All the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully uh, to, the, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want to talk this morning from the thought, expect God to move. Expect God to move. I shared this with y'all two years ago, just before the pandemic has been recycled. Uh, reinvented, if you will, uh, to fit where we are as a congregation in light of what God is doing in our midst, even in this season. Expect God to move. Expect God to move. Uh, the saints in Jerusalem had a mandate from Christ. They have a plan. The plan is to bear witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. The plan is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They have a plan. They have a plan. They've been commissioned by Christ, anointed for the assignment, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and moving forward. They have a plan. They're called to cancel the effects, the influence, and the power of the devil. In fact, They just canceled paralysis in the life of a beggar in Acts chapter 3. The man was lame, lying at the temple begging for some lunch money until Peter and John challenged him to get up in the name of the Lord Jesus. He was lame, but his lameness was canceled. And the man got up, as the Bible says, walking, leaping, and praising God. It was something to see. It was something to see this man who had been lame now running all all around the temple but that's what anointed folk in strong churches do they serve according to a plan and they cancel stuff they help folk who'd been who had been lame to be lame no more are y'all with me this morning in acts chapter 4 peter and john were interrogated by old school religious leaders beginning at verse 1 and following These leaders followed the law, the Old Testament Mosaic law. They didn't believe Jesus of Nazareth was the promised Christ of God. They did not embrace the resurrection. They asked Peter and John how they got the lame man walking. They asked, how'd y'all do it? By what power did y'all get that man on his feet like that? Peter responded in Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. He said, let me clearly state to all of you And to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Now, this this is important because this this confession, this testimony from Peter 
uh, opened the door to charges of blasphemy and idol worship. Because to the Jews, to the Jewish leadership, leadership to the Pharisees, they, they, when they hear this kind of talk, they, they're hearing Peter talk about worshiping someone who's a mere man who had been executed as a criminal just two months prior. Peter went on and said, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now he knows he's rubbing the Sadducees the wrong way because they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Peter goes on to verse 11 and says, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Now, when these old school religious leaders heard this, they, 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 they were in an uproar. They threatened Peter and John to no longer preach in Jesus' name at all, ever. In Acts chapter 4, verse 17, they, here's what we find. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, they're having a discussion amongst themselves. They said, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Peter and John said, we can't help but testify as to what we've seen and heard. Then in verse 21, it says the council then threatened them further. In other words, not we done told y'all. We ain't playing. The same thing that happened to your boy Jesus, we will make sure that it happens to you. This threat from the religious leaders, y'all, was a real threat. They're not just talking trash. They're not just selling wolf tickets. These are men who could have a brother executed and get away with it. This threat is real. We, too, face real threats to what God is doing today. This current pandemic is a threat. Cancel culture is a threat. Extreme liberal politics is a threat. Apathy amongst church members is a threat. Rise of the nuns, not N-U-N-S, but I've been telling you all about the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, those who uh, claim none as a religious affiliation. They, they have none when it comes to religious affiliation. The rise of that crowd is a threat against the church. Are y'all with me so far? And then at the same time, we have a busy, evil devil who's at work to ensure that the work of God is halted. But how many of y'all remember Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church? So these religious leaders, they're threatening these men of God in this move of God. And again, y'all, they ain't selling wolf tickets. They mean business. Peter and John knew it. They, they knew to take this threat seriously. So they returned to the congregation and told them what happened. The saints responded with a prayer meeting. Their prayer included, number one, adoration. Adoration in verse 24 as they're praying unto God their prayer includes adoration let the church say adoration Verse 24 they, they when, when they heard the report all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God Here's the adoration O sovereign Lord Creator of heaven and earth the sea and everything in them that's adoration they're acknowledging who God is, that that's adoration, that it's not praise where you talk about what God has done. Uh, praise talks about what God has done. Worship and adoration is we speak of who God is, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Peter, John, and the people of God dealt with the threat by praying to God, our sovereign creator. The eternal God who never slumbers nor sleeps. The eternal God who doesn't need air to breathe or food to eat or water to drink or a vaccine or a booster to protect him from the coronavirus. Our God is sovereign. He, he, he's in control of things. He's running things. Or like some of the old saints would say, he rules and he super rules. Are y'all with me this morning? Yeah, he's sovereign. He's, he's in control. They express their adoration toward him in their prayer. I would encourage everybody to include adoration in your prayers. And I pray that we as a congregation, that we would be known as a church who adores God. How many of y'all adore God? Not just believe in God, adore God. Truly love God, worship God, need God. Can't imagine living without God. Wonder what you were thinking when you tried to live without God. 
Yes, may we be known as a church who adores God, who is sovereign and worthy of our adoration. And no matter what threatens you or us, we serve a God who is still in charge. He rules and he super rules. He is sovereign, our sovereign creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Strong churches express their adoration to God in prayer. Here's the second thing that their prayer included along with adoration. It included reiteration. Reiteration, reiteration, R-E-I-T-R-E-E-R-A-T-I-O-N, R-E-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-O-N, reiteration. This is in verses 25 and 26. Here's, they reiterate the word of God in their prayer. Here's what, watch, watch this in verse 25. You spoke long ago. In other words, God, God, you said by the Holy Spirit. Through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In their prayer, y'all, they demonstrated their strength in reiterating God's word back to God. They didn't allow their challenges to distract them from God's word. Reiterating God's word in prayer isn't to remind God of his word. It is to reinforce our faith in his word. The saints prayed some verses out of Psalm number two. When they, when they, were, when they were saying, God, you said, they, they're quoting some verses out of Psalm number two. And, and the scriptures that they quote out of Psalm number two is, is raising the question, why would nations fight against what God is doing uh, in sending his Messiah or setting up the sending of his Messiah? Why, why would nations fight against a God that they cannot prevail against? They, you, listen, you can have all the tanks in the world. You still can't fight God with all those tanks and win. You can have lasers. You can have, you, you can have nuclear weapons that could shoot from way outer space. And no matter how many nuclear weapons you have that can shoot from outer space, you still can't nuke God. How many of y'all know you can't shoot God, you can't nuke God, you can't bomb God, you cannot fight God and win. So it's futile, it's futile to fight against God and win. And so they reiterated this word because in their minds, these religious leaders who threatened them weren't just threatening them, they were threatening a move of God. And so they understood, listen, when you threaten what we're trying to do in, in advancing the kingdom of God, you're not really threatening us. You're threatening God. And God doesn't like to be threatened because can't nobody whooping. Can't nobody beat him. Can't, can't nobody defeat him. Y'all remember that song we were singing? Tell me who can stand be for him when we what? Call on what's his name? Jesus Jesus, mighty, powerful, precious, my Jesus. We have, we have the victory. We have oppressed folk. We have poor folk. We have struggling folk. We have, long as we got Jesus, we have the victory. So they, they, they threw the word back at God, not to remind God of his word, but when you reiterate the word of God in prayer, it ought to reinforce your faith in the word of God that you're quoting back to God. They prayed with adoration. They prayed with reiteration. Then finally, they prayed with expectation. They pray with expectation. They pray with adoration. They expressed their adoration unto God. I would encourage you to do that. They reiterated the word of God in their prayers. I would encourage you to do that. Not to remind God of what he said, but to re reinforce your faith in what God has said in his word. And then finally, they, they prayed with expectation. Let the church say expectation. Expectation is in verses 29 and 30. They, they prayed as if they expected God to move on their behalf. They had no one else to turn to. They, they had no other advocate to look out for them. God was all they had. They couldn't, turn to, they couldn't turn to anyone to report those who threatened them. God was all they had, and they expected him to move on their behalf. And I wanted to tell us, while, while there's something in the atmosphere, while, while there's some new energy in the midst of us, and while, while God is stirring something in the grove zone, I, I wanted to encourage the people of God to expect 
God to move. I wanted to encourage somebody who's, who needs God to move. Somebody who wants to see God move. I, I want to I encourage somebody to, to pray as if you expect God to move. I, I want to encourage our congregation, uh, our church family. How about we together? Like they lifted up one voice on one accord. What would happen if we prayed as if we expected God to move? There's power in praying with expectation. Here's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 24. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. You can pray with expectation and God will honor your faith and move on your behalf. We can pray with expectation and God will move on our behalf. I want to tell you, God, there's, there's something about praying with expectation. Remember when Jesus had the conversation with the centurion, that centurion came to Jesus and asked him, I need you to heal my servant. And Jesus says, all right, I'll come to your house and heal your servant. The centurion said, no, I understand authority. When I speak to one of my soldiers and tell him to come, he comes. When I speak to another one and tell him to go, they go. Jesus, really, I understand your authority. All you need to do is speak the word. And my servant shall be healed. Jesus marveled at such faith. He marveled at such expectation. He said, I haven't even found this level of expectation, this level of faith, even amongst the children of Israel, the people who are in covenant relationship with God. People, if anybody should have this kind of faith, it should be some folk who claim to walk with God. I wonder how many of us know that if we just ask God to speak the word, speak a word over Union Grove, speak a word in our community, speak a word over our household, speak a word over your son's life, speak a word over your daughter's life. What if God, what if you were to simply ask God, speak a word to deliver my grandson, speak, just speak the word. You Listen, speak the word over my granddaughter, speak a word over my niece, my nephew, my brother, my sister, my stepmother, stepfather, my crazy spouse, my my employee, my employer, if God just speaks the word. Jesus said, I ain't seen this kind of faith, not even in Israel. You mean to believe me? You expect me to just simply speak the word? Jesus, if you just speak the word. The Lord delights in our expecting him to do impossible, radical, crazy things. So anytime a church has a plan to do ministry, that church needs to pray as if they expect God to move on their behalf. We're going to put the cake stand down and hang out here for the rest of the morning. Uh, for the next uh, three or four hours, um, now the football season is over. I know I could take my time, so. Right, y'all supposed to say, go ahead. Three things real quick we're going to raise up. What, what should we be expecting God to do? What did the people of God expect God to do in Acts chapter 4? Three things real quick we're going to raise up. Number one, hear the threats of their enemies. Hear the threats of their enemies. They, they expected God to hear the threats of their enemies. That's the first thing they prayed for in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. If your Bible or your app is still open, I'm going to show it to you because I can show you better than I can tell you. Here's what, it, here's what it says. Watch this. And now, O Lord... Hear their threats. There it is right there. They, they prayed in expectation that God would hear the threats of their enemies. Peter, John, and the saints called on the Lord, and he gave them what they asked for. He heard the threats of their enemies. He heard them. Because our God has sensitive hearing. He hears everything. Everything. He hears your secrets. He hears your pain. He hears your burdens. He hears your dreams. Even the ones you've never told anybody. Even the ones you've never articulated out loud. God hears everything. He hears your motivations. He hears what drives you. He hears the real reason behind you doing what you do. God hears everything. And by the same token, he hears your enemies. He hears their plots. 
He hears their schemes. He hears about the traps they're trying to set. He hears your haters. He hears your bullies. He hears their motivations, their plans, their secret plots to harm you, their schemes, their lies, the rumors they create. God hears the magic spells that certainly will not work. Their voodoo, their hoodoo, the curses they call themselves trying to put on the people of God that will not work because you can't curse anointed folk he has very sensitive hearing in fact God's hearing is, is superior to the hearing of bats bats have very sensitive hearing and is far superior to ours they make noises at such frequencies bats y'all bats they make such frequent such noises at frequencies that our human ears are unable to detect but God hears every noise the bats make his hearing is superior to theirs. Dolphins, dolphins hearing is seven times superior than that of our own. In shallow water, they can hear sounds you and I are unable to hear ever. And they can hear up to 500 yards away. Five football fields away. They can hear the, the faintest little whisper, the faintest little whistle from another, another dolphin that you and I couldn't hear if we were five feet away from them. They can, they can make noises at such frequencies. We can't hear them, but they can hear these noises 500 yards away. How many of y'all know God can hear any dolphin? He can hear any dolphin. God's hearing is superior to that of any dolphin. God's hearing is superior to that of any bat. God's hearing is superior to your mama's hearing. Mama can be under the dryer in one room with the door shut and with AirPods in her ears and still hear you when you're upstairs in your bedroom mumbling under your breath with the door shut. God's hearing is superior to your mama's hearing. How many of y'all ever heard, 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 had your mama ask you, what, what'd you say? I ain't saying nothing. Peter, John, and the congregation prayed for God to hear the threats of their enemies. Did they know that God hears everything? Why are they asking him to hear the threats of their enemies? I texted, I texted Peter and John and asked them why they prayed for God to hear the threats of their enemies rather than destroy their enemies. So many times in the Psalms, you'll hear somebody asking God, destroy my enemies. Why, why did I had to text Peter and John. Why did y'all ask God to hear the threats of your enemies rather than destroy your enemies? They texted me back and said they knew that God hears everything. And since God can hear everything, then he can handle anything. They felt like with God, if, if, if it has been heard, then it shall be handled because God, God hears everything and God can handle anything. Uh, it reminds me of this one time when I was on active duty station at the Marine Corps Logistics Base, Logistics Base in Albany, Georgia, and um, I worked at purchasing and contracting. And so I was in a small purchases office and uh, my, my direct boss was a master gunnery sergeant, master gunnery sergeant Mullen. He's an E9. He was a bad motor scooter. He was a bad, he was a bad motor a scooter. He was so bad. My enlisted, my enlisted, they'll understand it. Anybody in the military probably understand this. My man picked up E9 in 13 years. He was that bad. Now that's, that's fast. E9, 13 years. He had been a drill instructor. In fact, Pastor Madison, he, he went to the drill instructor school to teach other drill instructors how to become drill instructors. He was bad. One day in the office, when I don't know, we had a civilian in the office named Mike. Mike was a tender, gentle civilian, just a nice, easygoing guy. Wouldn't hurt a butterfly. Wouldn't, wouldn't hurt a gnat. Mike, Mike was just such a nice guy, but one day Mike got upset. I don't know what made Mike so upset. You hardly ever saw Mike upset, but this one day, you saw Mike like turn beet red upset, and he was mumbling something, saying something. I don't know what happened, but Mike was upset. Apparently, he was saying something about Master Gunny Mullen. Because Master Gunny Mullen got up from his desk, got in Mike's face. You got something you want to say to me? God, when he hears what's threatening you, you, you listen, you don't have to wonder if he heard about what's threatening you. Expect God to get up from his divine desk of divinity and get in the face of what's threatening the child of God or the people of God and ask, you got something to say to my child? You, you got something to say to their destiny? You got something to say to their well-being? You 
Because God can hear everything. He can handle anything. God hears about everything that threatens us and God can handle it. COVID, God can handle it. Cancer, God can handle it. Diabetes, God can handle it. Depression, God can handle it. Drug dealers in our community, God can handle it. Suicidal youth, God can handle it. Online bullying, God can handle it. He hears everything and he can handle anything. Let's pray and expect God to move on our behalf. Now, I want to know who else is going to join me in praying unto the God who hears the threat of COVID and call on his name assured since he can hear everything, he can handle anything. Pray with me in expectation as we are threatened with decline in church engagement and believe God hears the excuses of those who will not engage in learning, serving, giving, or connecting. Let's pray in expectation believing since God hears everything, he can handle anything he hears what is threatening our community he hears what's threatening your family your kids your career your income your mental health and overall well-being and since he hears everything pray as if you know that you know that you know that you know that you know our God our sovereign creator who hears everything can handle anything secondly all the in addition to them expecting God to hear the threats of their enemies, they expected God to help them preach his word. They, they, they come in expectation. They expect God. They requested of God and expected God to help them preach his word. I'm in verse 29. Look at verse 29. Verse 29. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. That's what they wanted. They wanted help. In preaching the word of God. They wanted help. Their request shows they weren't too focused on the religious leaders who threatened them. Rather, y'all, rather, they focused on what they needed from God to change the world. They needed his help reaching the lost sheep of Israel, those in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. They needed to preach the word of God because they knew how powerful his word was in changing people's lives. They knew. They knew. So they asked God for boldness to preach his word, spread his word of salvation to those who were lost. They, they asked for God's power to preach because, again, y'all, they knew how powerful the preaching was and y'all and they knew how powerful the opposition was they knew these men could have them executed they knew these men could have them killed they knew that the power of the, the, the power of their opposition was real so they needed God's power to counter the power of the opposition there is power in empty religion there is power in idol worship there's power in emperor worship which is something that they had to deal with in that day and time you didn't just salute the emperor. You didn't just pay homage to the emperor. They, they believe you had to worship the emperor because they believed that the emperor was God. The Christians believe, no, we, we worship one God and one God only. And we believe he has come to us in the person of his son, Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth. There's power in emperor worship. There's power in misinformation. Misinformation is unintentionally spreading false information. There's power in misinformation. There's power in disinformation. Disinformation is when you deliberately uh, spread false information. Misinformation, disinformation has a lot to do with what we see happening in the United States of America today. January 6th of last year has a lot to do with misinformation, disinformation, and just outright evil. God's power to preach must counter the power of all the lies of the enemy that is stealing, killing, and destroying everything, every sector of our society. It's destroying politics, it's destroying education, it's destroying whole relationships, whole churches, whole communities, and whole nations. It's a whole vibe. This church wanted to be a strong church. They wanted to cancel weakness from their corporate being. They needed boldness to preach God's word because they knew how powerful it was in changing people's lives. They wanted to preach to wayward young kids and let them know there's more to life than getting high on weed. They wanted to preach God's word to anyone obsessed with social media to let them know that their value or their victory is not determined by whether or not they go viral. 
They, they knew what God's word could do to change lives. They knew it could give hope to the hopeless, power to the powerless. They knew it would reach folks who, who felt unloved and, and, and so that they would know that God so loved them that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. They, they knew if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creature where old things have passed away and all things have become new. They, the, the word of God has the power to change lives. They knew the word of God had power to change lives because they experienced it firsthand. They experienced it firsthand. Many of them began following Jesus after hearing Peter preach on the day of Pentecost. Y'all remember that day? You remember the day of Pentecost when, when, when the Spirit of God, the saints of God were quarantined in the upper room praying and the Spirit of God came in like a rushing mighty wind and filled everybody in there. They were speaking in tongues and accused of being drunk. Peter grabbed the mic, tapped it a couple of times to make sure it was on and preached so powerfully that over 3,000 souls got saved and baptized, signed up for new members orientation, went through place and began serving in ministry they prayed and asked for power to preach because they weren't a bunch of people who simply joined church no they were changed by the power of the preached word they knew they knew that if preaching could change their lives when they needed it it could change others who still needs it do you know anyone whose life needs to be changed by the powerful preaching of the word of God listen pray for that power because God gave them what they asked for they asked for power to preach they asked for boldness to preach and the Bible shows us that God gave them what they asked for look at verse 31 look at verse 31 look at verse 31 verse 31 after this prayer the meeting place shook and they were all filled they were all fit not not just the preachers they were all fit not not just the deacons nim they were all fit. the golden achievers were filled the, the motivators were filled flavor nim was filled young folk was filled our young champions were filled single mothers were filled worn out fathers were filled everybody filled with the holy spirit then they preached the word of god with boldness verse verse 33 verse 33 the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the lord jesus although they had gotten in trouble for it just a little while before and god's great blessing was upon them all in other words they prayed and asked for power to preach they prayed and asked for help in preaching the word of god and god gave them what they asked for they expected god to release his power and god gave Gave them what they asked for and watch this in Acts chapter 5 Acts chapter 5 verse 14 we see what happens when God gave them what they asked for in, in chapter 5 verse 14 we find out that more folks got saved folks got saved yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord they may not have been necessarily brought to the church they were brought to the Lord they were not brought to the pastor they were brought to the Lord crowds of both men and women yeah it's important to note that men and women were brought to the Lord because in that day and time women were treated as if they did not count women were e easily overlooked women were, were easily left out but, but Luke is telling us in his writings under the inspiration of the spirit of the living God that men and women were brought to the Lord men and women were forgiven men and women got saved men and women were filled with the Holy Ghost men and women were lives were changed men and women boys and girls married folk and single folk rich folk and middle class and poor folk were brought to the Lord straight folk and gay folk were brought to the Lord everyday folks around the way folks folk from the hood and folk from the subdivisions folk like you and folks like me high folks and sober folks be advised y'all they didn't pick who was brought to the Lord God just added to his church daily those who should be saved. Can you imagine how many of us probably would have not made it in church if other folk had to pick whether or not we could get saved? 
Aren't you glad nobody else got a chance to say anything about your salvation? Aren't you glad that once you heard the gospel preached and your heart was convicted and you realized how much you needed Jesus in your life, you came to Jesus just as you was, weary, wounded, and sad, found in him a resting place, and he made you glad. Not no committee. He made you glad. Not no church. He made you glad. He He you found something in him he made you glad they wanted power for preaching because they saw what preaching had done for them made them better husbands better wives better children visionary husbands who would get a job and keep a job visionary wives who would love their man and tell them baby you can do anything but then they'd have their own too are y'all with me this morning? Made bosses better bosses. Made employees better employees. They, they got saved through the powerful preaching of the word of God. I want to challenge us. We need to expect God to release his power so all of us get filled again and preach his word with boldness. Bless his name. The saints prayed with adoration. They prayed with reiteration. They prayed with expectation. What did they expect? They expected God to hear their enemies. They expected God to give them power to preach. And finally, finally, they expected God to stretch out his hand. They expected God to stretch out his hand. I'm in verse 30. Verse 30, they simply asked, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Pete, what did they ask God to do? What, what did they expect God to do? We, they, Pete said, we asked God to stretch out his hand. They asked God to stretch out his hand and confirm he was using his people through miracles, signs, and wonders. The miracles would validate them as witnesses of Jesus. It would give victory over the enemy. God's miracles, signs, and wonders would advance God's kingdom and cancel the works of darkness. God answered their prayer and stretched out his hand by filling them with his spirit again. Got to make this clear. God, God answered the prayer. He didn't, just, he didn't just go to where the sick folk were and healed them. No, he, he filled them. They asked God to stretch out his hand. He said, all right, I'm going to stretch out my hand by filling you. I'm not just going to go to the hospital. You know, some people pray like they sending God to the hospital. Go to the hospital, Lord, and just heal everybody. And Lord, go to the nursing home, and we just want you to visit and touch, touch them with your finger of love. Like we sending God on errands. God says, no, I'll, I'm going to stretch out my hand by first putting my hand on you. I'm, I'm going to stretch out my hand and put, I'm going to put my hand on you. I'm going to put my hand on you and fill you again with my spirit. Isn't it good to know you can be filled with the Holy Ghost again and again and again? How many of y'all need, how many of us need to be filled again and again? Sometimes when doubt fills your mind, sometimes when weariness fills your soul, you need to be filled again and again. Stretch out your hand to heal. And the Bible says in verse 31 that God answered their prayer. After this, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. God did it. He did it. He filled them with his spirit as an answer to their prayer. They expected God to move, and he did. He gave them what they asked for. Not only will God do it for you, he'll do it through you. Not only will God do, do it for you, he'll do it through you. They were now empowered to counterattack the devil's threat. They are now supernaturally endowed over again to attack the devil's effects on humanity. Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. Let me just read a, a, couple of, a little bit of this. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's, as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one, no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. In other words, people were afraid to become a part of them because they were, they, they were catching so much hail. They were catching so much flack, but they respected the difference that they were making in people's lives. 
Well, I don't know if I want to become a part of y'all, but I acknowledge, man, y'all helping people change. Y'all, y'all helping people get delivered from sickness. Y'all, y'all helping put families back together. Y'all helping people get delivered from addiction. I, I mean, I respect y'all. Don't look for me Sunday, but I respect y'all. As the miracles were happening through the apostles, it was actually God stretching forth his hand. God was moving as they moved. I'm going to say that again. God was moving as they moved. Expect God to move, but rest assured, he's expecting you to move too. He will answer your prayer by filling you with more of himself. He'll answer your prayer by using you. Don't ask God to move on your behalf and think you're just going to sit on your behind. In other words, when you expect God to move on your behalf, God is expecting you to move your behind. Just as you want God to move on, your, move on your behalf, he wants you to move on his behalf. And he did it through the holy name of his servant Jesus. They asked, they asked through, the, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What other name was there? What other name is there? What, what, other, name, what other name is there to give us salvation? What other name is it to wash away our sins? What, what other name is there to bring deliverance to those who are bound? Who, what, what other name is it that, that can bring a people from slavery to success? What, what other name is there that can cause devils to flee? There's, there's no other name. There's no other name that can help the people that we love to get free from drug addiction. There's no other name that can help this community to become all that God has ordained. There's no other name that can repair your broken heart. There's no, there's no other name. I need somebody to bear witness. There's no other name. There's no other name. Listen, there are some great names, but there's no other name that can bring salvation. There's no other name that can bring deliverance. There's some great names, but there's no other name that can bring healing. There's no other name that can put broken things back together. There's no other name. I, I just want to encourage somebody to yet trust in that name and, and call on that name and, and believe in that name and, and praise that name and, and, and call on that name. And early in the morning, call on that name. And in the midnight hour, call on, your, on that name when your world has fallen apart call on that name when you can't believe what is happening to you call on that name when you don't know who else you can call who won't judge you when you tell them what's going on who won't ridicule you or put you down when you tell them what's going on in your life call on that name when there's nobody else you can trust when there's nobody else you think will understand call on that name when you can't stop crying call on that name when the doctor gives you that bad report call on that name when your child can't help but keep getting locked up call on that name when you mess up again and again and you can't believe you did what you did call on that name when no one else will forgive you and forget what you've done call on that name and there's something about that name there's something about the name Jesus there's something about the name somebody said it's the sweetest name I know somebody said that they love the name of Jesus. It's the sweetest name I know. Oh, the name of Jesus. Is there anybody here who's ever had to call on that name? Is there anybody here who got stronger after you called on that name? Is there anybody here who felt like going on after you called on that name? Is there anybody here who's about to give up until you called on that name? How about the name? Somebody call his name. I need somebody going through to call his name. I need somebody struggling to make it to call on his name. I need somebody devastated to call on his name. I need somebody who knows there's power, power, wonder working power in the name, in the blood, in the name, in his blood, in his everything, in his name. I just need somebody to know you can be healed in Jesus name you can be touched in Jesus name you can be strengthened in Jesus name it can be fixed whatever it is in Jesus name it can turn around whatever it is in Jesus name he can work it out in Jesus is there anybody don't play with me y'all is there anybody here who knows about the power of that name don't play with that name don't you play with that name you call on that name that name will make devils tremble that name will make devils
devils get out your house. That name will make devils leave your children alone. That name will make devil make devils leave your grandkids alone. That name, that name will turn lives around. There's something, something about that name. Glory to God for the name. Lord, I thank you for the name. I can bear witness to the power of that name. Hallelujah. 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 When nobody else could help me, I called on that name. When nothing else could turn it around for me, I called on that name. Anybody know about that name? There's something about that name. Hallelujah. 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 Who wants to see God move? Who needs to see God move? Get in a posture of prayer. Call on him. He will answer. Don't let the threats make you hide like a turtle in its shell. Bring the threats before the Lord like a warrior and expect him to move on your behalf. Bless his holy name. He's able to stretch out his hand. And I praise God he, he can stretch out his hand. He is heavy handed. God is, y'all know some folk who heavy handed. I may get in trouble with this, but our, our wonderful, beautiful administrative assistant, Jan Scott, Jan is heavy handed. Jan, Jan, Jan can pat you on the back and you get whiplash. Jan, Jan, God, our God is heavy handed. When God stretches his hand on your situation, when God stretches his hand on your sick body, when God stretches his hand on your broke down marriage, God is heavy handed. I said he's heavy handed. When God puts his hand on your mind, I need somebody to call on and put your hand on my mind. I can't think straight. Put your hand on my heart. My broken heart. Put your hand on our church. He's heavy handed. He's heavy handed. He's heavy handed. He's heavy handed. Cancer can't stand against that hand. COVID can't stand against that hand. Depression can't last under that hand. God is heavy handed. Anybody understand what I'm saying? He's heavy handed. I praise God today for God being at our disposal. For God being at our call. For God being within harm's reach. For God being able to hear us when we call on his name. Tell me who can stand be for us when we call on that great name. His name is Jesus. Jesus, precious Jesus, mighty Jesus, Savior Jesus, healer Jesus, deliverer Jesus, way out of no way Jesus, battle axe Jesus, shelter Jesus, lawyer Jesus, my Savior Jesus, he walks with me Jesus, he talks with me Jesus, my king, my master My all in all Jesus strong churches strong churches are strong I'm closing y'all strong churches are strong because they're in expectation mode expect God to move expect God to hear expect God to help expect God to stretch forth his hand and I'm gonna tell you why they were expecting God to do it they're expecting God to move because they seen him move too many times they seen him listen they seen him they this ain't the God they heard about this ain't the God they mama and them told them about you ask any of them why are y'all expecting God to move? Any of them would tell you, Nikki Steely, we've seen him move too many times. This threat is real, but we've seen God move too many times. We've seen God move and raise up our Savior. We thought it was all over when they put the crown of thorns on his head. We thought it was all over when they put the nails in his hands. We thought it was all over when they put the nail in his feet. We thought it was all over when they put him in that borrowed grave. We thought it was all over that Friday night as he laid in that borrowed tomb we thought it was all over as he laid in that tomb all day Saturday but early Sunday morning 
early Sunday morning, we saw God move when he raised Jesus from the dead. We've seen him move too many times to give up now. We've seen him move too many times to throw in the towel now. We've seen him move too many times to give in to our fears now. We've seen God move too many times. And not only did he move when he raised Jesus from the dead, but some of them would testify, I was in the upper room when the Holy Ghost fell. I was in the upper room when we started speaking in tongues. I was in the upper room when the Holy Ghost came out of nowhere. I was in the upper room and I saw what God can do. I saw my husband get filled. I saw my wife get filled. I saw my daughter get filled. I saw my son get filled. I've seen God move too many times. I was in chapter 3 when they told the lame man in the name of Jesus, get up on your feet. I was there. I saw it happen. I've seen the whole thing. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. I've experienced too much to give up on God right now. And I'm talking to somebody who's on the verge of giving up. I'm talking to somebody who's seen too much. You've heard too much. You've experienced too much. God has done too much for you to give up now. Expect God to move. Expect God to bless. Expect God to turn it around. Expect God to heal. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Are you going to expect him to do it? Are you going to look for him to do it? Are you going to wait for him to do it? Are you going to call on him to do it? Let me hear you shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. Put those hands together and give God a praise. Hallelujah. 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 In our 135 years, we've seen God do too much. We've experienced God too much for us to give up on God. We've seen and experienced too much for us to throw in the towel. Hallelujah. This community needs a church committed to prayer. This community needs a church that's expecting God to move. This community needs a church that's expecting God to get a hold of young people. Hallelujah. And get a hold of families and turn situations around and cancel the grip of the enemy on too many of our family members and too many of our households. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, we expect you to move. Yes, God, you can use me. You can use me. Move on my behalf. Move on our behalf. Move on this community's behalf. You can use me. Glory to God. Bless his name. Hallelujah. 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 This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.